All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Finance here on Financial Friends. If you are new, Financial Friends is a community of people who love business, finance, and investing. If that's you, hit subscribe. If you're already subscribed, hit the like button. It does help push this video to more people. And This Week in Finance, of course, being the weekly show slash podcast I do here on YouTube and posted elsewhere as well, covering the topics that have happened this week in finance. I bring this news to you, let you comment on it down below in the comments. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into things that have happened this week. Of course, inflation. Inflation is still here, was here last month, was here the prior month, will probably continue to be here at a very heavily elevated rate. Um, We have a 9.1% inflation rating. This is the consumer side of things. We have a 11.3% inflation rating on the producer side of things. Essentially, it's high. Um, This beat core beat 5.9% versus the 5.7% expected. Consumer price index, which does include food and energy, 9.1% year over year versus the 8.8% we expected. And this is actually weighing on wages now. So it had always been weighing on wages, but there was a report here that basically the hourly worker wages fell 1%. That's a total down now 3.6% from a year ago. So even with potential wage increases to help battle against inflation, we're still seeing the the people who are working, their wages are decreasing as a result of this inflation. So that's really going to be the same news that we're seeing now. Of course, a 100 basis point hike is on the table now. That is a 1% overall interest rate hike that would be the largest that we've seen so far we've seen a couple i think we've seen a a 0.25 a 0.5 0.75 so potentially now here seeing a a one percent increase would be really really big there's some federal reserve people saying hey look we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves but it is of course on the table at this point markets are pricing in a one percent increase so speaking more on inflation we've been talking about it a lot i don't want to bore you it of course is still here we'll still cover it but i think something that's a little bit more interesting as a result of inflation at least to talk about here in a podcast format is going to be where are people cutting back as a result of inflation we're continuing to see it ever present in the economy in the news so how are people battling against it well some americans are fighting against it by cutting back 77 percent say they're cutting back on restaurants dining out 69 percent saying they're not doing entertainment not going out as much travel vacation spending is 63 percent then we have 55 percent 45 percent 41 percent 32 percent 23 percent and 20 percent on um travel vacation spending big household purchases, buying a new car, media subscriptions, gym and exercise memberships, groceries, and non-emergency medical costs. Now, something that I wanted to point out, because we've talked about it before here on the show, is media subscriptions. Media subscriptions are things like Netflix, Spotify, Apple Music, Peacock, HBO Max, Hulu, Disney+, Plus. I use Canva. That's a media subscription. Okay. So all of these different things are media subscriptions. People are cutting those out of their budgets. Now, someone who is working on that and really speaking about those media subscriptions, someone trying to bring down the cost potentially um, of their media subscription is Netflix. And Netflix has since partnered with Microsoft to generate an ad supported version of their streaming platform. 
Now, this kind of came, I won't say as a shock, but a lot of people didn't assume they would go with Microsoft. They were meeting with Comcast, they were meeting with Google, um, and they ended up going with Microsoft. They felt that it gave them um, a lot of flexibility. I'm gonna pull the quote here so I'm not just reading things randomly. More importantly, Microsoft offered the flexibility to innovate over time on both technology and sales side, as well as strong privacy protections for our members. That coming as a statement from Greg Peters, Netflix COO. So um, obviously that is the reason that they made that decision. They chose to go with them. I am personally just going to point out here, I feel as if Netflix is behind the eight ball on this. Now, do they have to make this change? Yes, but I feel like it was a a forced change. They're doing this out of necessity, not because they feel it's a good idea. And that has been publicized very, very um, broadly. We see here the co-CEO Reed Hastings has long opposed adding commercials or other promotions to the platform, but saying during the company's pre-recorded earnings conference call that it now, quote, makes a lot of sense. Oh, no, no crap. Really? I mean, people always are looking to cut back and and save but netflix was a premium subscription right you didn't have to deal with that well now they're looking to add more value to their platform when their platform is literally being stripped of all of its content because every single other major producer um is taking back their stuff comcast is taking taking back their content um HBO taking back their content, Warner Brothers taking back their content, Disney taking back their content. Everyone wants their own content back because they're all creating their own subscription services. And when you're Netflix sitting there with nothing, you now have to pump a bunch more money onto your platform. Well, where do you get the money from? The people that subscribe to your platform. What do you make them do? Pay more. And they have raised the price. And Netflix has actually came out and said, look, this has helped our revenue, but we believe it's partially responsible for a loss of 600,000 subscribers most recently. Their earnings expected to come out next Tuesday. They're expecting a potential 2 million customer loss. What? So in this time, when everyone, of course, is cutting back, is Netflix the biggest loser? That's really going to be the hot topic because YouTube is free. People are not going to stop watching YouTube. There are other cheaper versions of different streaming services like Disney, like Peacock, like Hulu. Who is going to win out? Who is going to be the most affordable and the best option for people? This is potentially not coming um, in terms of ads being on the the platform and potentially an ad-supported cheaper version until I think late next year. Trying to find it here in the article, but nonetheless... um, It just feels like it's out of necessity. Now, something I pointed out on Twitter, I didn't pull it up here because it wasn't super relevant um, to have pulled up, but this is a really good thing for Microsoft. They mention it down here. The new business is a good thing for Microsoft's advertising division, which contributes to 6% of the software company's total revenue. So this should be a good boost for them. I mean, Netflix is going to be, nonetheless, I'm harping on Netflix, but they're still a really, really, really big player in this space, one of the only pure plays on streaming in the space. And so you're going to see probably a lot of revenue come from this. Uh, And if you're Microsoft, then as long as you can continue a good relationship moving forward, I see this as being very, very, very beneficial to Microsoft. Speaking of Google being in the running for this and Microsoft getting a, a benefit, Google is potentially going to spin off their 
ad tech business. They've been under really, really big scrutiny um, from the Department of Justice here in the United States, and they're trying to avoid another lawsuit coming their way in terms of just being a monopoly. I mean, they generate massive amounts of revenue um, in everything. Google's main business being online advertising. People mostly know them as a search engine. Well, where do you use your ads? On your search engine. Okay. Um, So they reported $257 billion in revenue for 2021. What Google is offering here is to spin off their ad business into Alphabet. So for those of you that didn't know, Alphabet is the parent company of Google. So you have Google companies, companies that started with Google and were then spun off to just be a part of Alphabet, which is the broader parent company. Waymo, which is a self-driving car company, and Verily, which is a life sciences company. Those were both underneath Google at one point. They spun them out into Alphabet. So the parent company up top here is Alphabet. You have Google underneath with other companies in that kind of umbrella as well, like Waymo, like Verily. And Google is suggesting, hey, We'll get rid of our business, but we're going to keep it in Alphabet. And something very important to note, let's go ahead and look it up. When you look up Google stock here, right, you're searching for Google stock. You could also search for G-O-O-G, which is another version of their stock. I'm not going to get into that now, but you're actually purchasing Alphabet. You're not buying Google. You're buying Alphabet. Now, of course, Google is the largest portion of Alphabet. But nonetheless, you're buying Alphabet, not Google. So even if they spun off their business, you're still buying that business when you purchase stock in the company. Now, that is not necessarily what the Department of Justice is worried about. They're worried about, look, we don't want you controlling everything, that being Google. But if they're coming after Alphabet, it would make sense. They're going after Google it makes sense for Google to spin the business off, but Alphabet still controls it. it it's a really weird thing here where essentially Google's going to spin off a business, but it's going to do nothing. Actually, the same person, Sundar, is going to control the whole thing. This is the image of him here. So it, it makes sense on Google's part. Like, hey, look, we're going to do this now. Of course, the Department of Justice is saying, look, we're, we're not, no. In short, basically, they're saying, we'll pursue remedies, not settlements. We're not going to take your cop-out call here. We're not going to allow you to do this just so that we don't pursue you. It doesn't make sense on our part because we're trying to fix the laws, not just take little settlements here. So a really interesting story, one I am actually going to keep up on a lot because I like Google. I invest in Google. I think Google's a fantastic company, or I should say Alphabet, because that's really where my money is going. Uh, But nonetheless, definitely going to keep up on this for sure. Next up here is Klarna. Their valuation has plunged 85% um, to $6.7 billion. They just funded or raised funding at $6.7 billion versus the $45.6 billion that they were raising at a year ago. Now, the CEO says, look, this is a testament to the strength of our business. But I say, I don't understand this. I quite simply... Look, I get it. The company has functioned for a long time. They've been profitable at some points. But from a consumer perspective, you're pretending like you're taking out of credit doesn't affect you because there's no interest on it. You're enabling consumers to be worse off financially. Now, 
yes, I get that they're fighting against the credit card industry here and, and credit cards can be very bad for your personal finances, but they can also benefit you. And they don't lead you to believe that there'll be no interest attached to your purchases because in fact, everybody knows that you can get into really bad credit card debt and they offer rewards and perks and things like that if you can use them properly. Buy now, pay later just seems like a way to cop out of that whole thing and really just allow consumers to purchase things and for no interest payments. Now, I understand um, that these businesses are booming, that of course, technology uh, as a sector is slowly losing investment because of the potential recession and people want profits, they're a little bit more weary, but I just don't see the value in something like this over the long term, okay? Now, um, other tech companies have lost a ton of valuation that have been introducing these buy now, pay laters, similarly uh, like Affirm. And there was another one, um, Afterpay, which was acquired by Block. And now Apple's getting into this business too. I just don't see it as a great thing. It makes sense from a business perspective. Like if you're Apple, you're sitting there to yourself thinking, okay, look, if someone who wasn't going to be able to afford our product can now afford our product because we enable them to make four different payments, that's great for Apple. However, the risk that Klarna and other companies uh, assume if people just don't pay them back is very large. So as an investment for me, probably not very interested. But for consumers, this is terrible because you're having to essentially take on short-term debt every time you decide to make a purchase, split it up into four. Now you're still responsible for those payments. Just not something I'm a fan of, just not an industry I'm interested in, but nonetheless, some pretty big news. Um, your valuation going down 85%, it's a pretty big thing. This valuation has skyrocketed on this news. Canoe <laughs> um, surged I think it was yeah 50% here after the news that Walmart would be buying 4,500 electric delivery vans. Now, I'm not as interested in this from the perspective of Canoe, but more through the lens of Walmart. I'm an investor in Target specifically. Target, of course, does online delivery. They also have their shipped platform, which allows shoppers to pick up and shop for items and then deliver them to Target customers. This is rivaling that because, of course, if Walmart is purchasing electric vehicles, they're looking for those last mile deliveries. They have a growing e-commerce business that has Walmart Plus. Apparently, and I actually just learned this upon reading this news, that Walmart has a feature called in-home, which actually allows people who shop for your groceries to literally deliver them into your refrigerator. Um, and then they also offer express delivery, pardon, which makes a lot more sense to me. It's just like ship where, hey, I'm going to take, take your groceries, drop them off uh, right on your door in less than two hours. And this is a part of the home delivery push that is a part of Walmart Plus, which is a broader subscription, just like Amazon Prime. It's a bit more expensive, but of course, you're now getting these multiple features that you can utilize, which is beneficial for the consumer if it's something that you're interested in. Nonetheless, they're purchasing 4,500 of these new, extremely ugly vehicles from Walmart or from Canoe, pardon. They've reserved 5,000 vans from General Motors and already bought, which some of them are in use already, 1,100 electric, electric vans from Ford's e-transit. This is pretty big. This is, this is a really big competitive push by Walmart towards Target and mainly towards Amazon. Amazon, of course, being that big deliverer, uh, Target right now directly competes with Walmart. But if Walmart can 
successfully push Walmart Plus out there, get into the big cities like they're doing right now in Chicago and in Los Angeles, and continue to grow this as a business, as a, as a portion of their business, it's not going to really look pretty for Target. Target is relying on that third party. Of course, they do own Shipped, so it's not a third party, but it is third party because random people are doing your shopping, making the purchase or, or essentially purchasing those products and then delivering them to your home. I would assume if they're purchasing these vehicles, this is part of hiring. So they're having to hire people to then do these last mile deliveries for them. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. You have a lot more control over your own employees and the quality of service that your customers do get if they are your own employees. But moving into a recessionary time, purchasing 4,500 of these vehicles, employing more people to then do these last mile deliveries, now you're getting into the FedEx, UPS type of space or US, UPS, USPS and FedEx space. That was a mouthful. So I don't know. I don't know really how all this shakes out. I just find it really interesting, of course, encroaching on Amazon's business, now encroaching a tad on that last mile delivery aspect with FedEx, USPS and UPS and definitely encroaching on, on Target, whose business they directly compete with. Next up here, Twitter has sued Elon Musk to enforce the original merger agreement Bits and pieces of this story can be found through This Week in Finance. That will be linked at the end of this video, so you can go ahead and, and try and check out some of those older episodes if you're interested. But I'm sure there's some really, really good summaries here on the internet. You can go ahead and search those up. But basically, Elon Musk agreed to buy Twitter. He now doesn't want to buy Twitter. Twitter wants him to finish the purchase that he agreed to, and now they're taking it to court because Elon Musk said, no, I don't want to do it. So, uh there's been a lot of debate over what exactly could happen here. Again, the quick recap is Elon Musk said, I'm going to buy the company. They said, okay, we don't want you to buy the company. He said, I'm going to go to your shareholders and buy the company. They said, fine, you can have the company. He said, okay, I'm going to sign. I'm going to buy the company. He then said, wait, you guys have way too many bots. Tell me how many bots or fake accounts are on your platform. This is where it gets murky because Twitter says that they've already shared that real number. Elon Musk says that's not the real number. I don't know if the real number was ever shared. I don't know if he got information that he was asking for. Rumor has it he asked for additional information and Twitter did not hand over that information. That's why Elon Musk says he's abandoning this agreement. They're the, the proof is in the details. And, and quite frankly, we don't have those details. And so that's why this is going to court. That's why this will be settled in court. Now, there are numerous different possibilities that could come of this. Elon Musk could be forced to purchase the company at full price. Elon Musk could be forced to purchase the company at what is current fair market value. Elon Musk could be forced to pay more than the breakup fee to get out of it. He could just be simply allowed to pay the current $1 billion breakup fee and get out of it. There are so many different possibilities. This aspect of the Twitter feud is going to be extremely interesting moving forward. And something that was raised this morning on CNBC that I find as a very unique aspect of the story is, look, in general, you don't want someone to own something that they don't want to own, especially when it is as big as Twitter. Let's assume that Google was being forced into acquiring Twitter it's not the end of the world, right? You, Google doesn't want it. You force it upon them. They acquire it against their will, of course, but they have the means to operate it, divest it, get rid of it. If you put this company in the hands of a literal single individual, 
Yes, we all said it was okay from the beginning, at least I did. I thought this could be a good thing for Elon Musk to acquire the company, but now that he doesn't want the company anymore, is it a smart decision to put such a huge company in the hands of one person who doesn't want it? It's really similar to basketball, and I won't harp on the basketball side of things for too long. This is a finance YouTube channel, but Kevin Durant right now wants out of Brooklyn. Kevin Durant is a basketball player. He plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He asked for a trade out of Brooklyn. They cannot find anywhere to trade him because Brooklyn, of course, trading their biggest star player, wants a lot of players and draft picks in return. And no other team wants to give up that much. So as Brooklyn, do you take less than what you are willing to take to just get rid of him because he doesn't want to be there anymore? Or do you force him because he is under contract, do you force him to play? How does that work out for you in the long run, forcing someone to do something that they don't want to do? Because they might just not do it as well as they could. And that's the worry here with Elon Musk, is that he could run the company into the ground, he could create whatever monster he really kind of wants on it, obviously within the, you know, the rights of the law, but I don't know. I guess that's a, that's not that's not a question that I get paid to answer. I don't get paid at all to answer these questions. Um, I don't make any money from from doing this currently. But you get my point. Is that's why this is going to go to to the Delaware Court of Chancery um, because they're going to be able to answer those questions for us. Last but certainly not least, another one bites the dust. Crypto lender Celsius filed for bankruptcy. I don't have much on this story. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even read this article yet simply because this just follows the continued narrative that we've seen. They lied to our faces. That's really all I'm here to say. They've continuously lied. Companies came out. They said, we're going to be fine. They said, this is going to be okay. We're going to be able to navigate anything that happens. This happened and nobody has been able to navigate it, except for the biggest players in this space, uh, really mainly FTX um, and a few others. Celsius made the headline uh, blaming extreme market conditions. Of course, the same extreme market conditions that everybody said they would be able to get through. That's all I got for you this week. Let me know what you thought down below in the comments section. Thank you all for viewing. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for supporting this YouTube channel. It is my baby, and I really appreciate all of the love here. Thank you so much. Leave a like, leave a comment, hit that subscribe button, and I will talk to you all in the next one. Take care.